Bible says this, that he gives angels to camp round about them that fear him. And so we haven't done this in a while, but here's what I want us to do. We're going to pray to the four directions of the city in Jesus' name. So I'm going to ask this, and I'm not even going to remember which directions because this city confuses me. But this side over here, whatever direction that is, I want you to start and turn and face that direction. This section here, if you'll turn around and face that direction, you guys have it easy. I want you facing that direction. And then if this group over here will face that direction. And I want you to pray about two things. I want you to unleash the angelic host that camps round about. And that every person that approaches this property comes face to face with Jesus. Whether good, bad, or ugly, it doesn't matter. But when they touch this property, they can't help but experiencing something greater than themselves. Would you just begin to do that now in the name of Jesus, Lord? We are facing every corner of the city right now. Every direction we are asking you to flood with the angelic host. Your word says that there are angels that camp round about them that fear you. I'm asking you to mobilize them and activate them. Lord, your word also says that you send forth angels to be ministering spirits. I'm asking you right now, God, that anybody that approaches this property for good or bad or any other reason would come into contact with the presence of heaven. Let them see you in a new light. Let them experience you and feel you. Lord, the moment they step on this property, let them realize that they have stepped out of Twin Rapids and they have stepped into your kingdom. I'm asking you, Jesus, to move on the hearts of those that are around us, to draw them unto you, God, so that there would be an anointing power of the Lord released in our communities, so, God, that we can be a light and salt to a dark world. I'm asking it in your name and the authority of the blood of the Lamb. I loose it now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Praise God. Isn't it fun to be a part of the church? The kingdom of God. We welcome all of our guests with us today. Your guest ship has ended. You're just one of us now. And uh, I know some of us are a little crazier than others, but it's all that we're, we just love Jesus. There's nobody like him. He's done more for me than I could ever imagine. And he has opened up the windows of heaven and begun to pour out blessings beyond measure. And what you're experiencing, if this is your first time here, you're experiencing the flowing of the Holy Spirit of God, the creator of the universe, as people respond to him. And uh, we just encourage you to reach out and, and grab a hold of him. And uh, in a very personal way, he's designed himself to be very personal. And uh, we're thankful for that. <clears throat> Praise God. We are in the midst of boot camp. And uh, we have uh, been enjoying it and sometimes not enjoying it as much. But uh, 
Uh, I believe that God called us several weeks ago, um, and without really even knowing what he was doing, we just began to follow. And uh, so we've got today, next week, and the following Sunday, and then the following Sunday is Suber. And uh, Pastor Suber is going to come and preach. And I just, I'm just telling you, um, those of you that have heard him preach here before, he, he's preached mellow here. But I told him, I told him, well, mellow is relative. <laughs> uh, but I've told him uh, this church is ready for old school Suber. Because I have seen him just go after it. And I believe that he's going to. I believe he's already feeling it himself. And then, um, but I also want you to know that he's not coming to put a cap on what God's been doing. He's coming to release us into that next dimension. And uh, I don't even know that he understands that yet. Because I haven't told him that that's what we've been doing. Uh, because I'll leave that up to the Lord. And so you don't want to miss that weekend. But uh I encourage you, if you have missed any of these, to go back uh, on our website and um, hit the YouTube icon or the Facebook icon and you can catch up to all of these messages because these messages have been a building block upon building block to get us ready and prepared to step into that thing that God is going to unload on us in just a couple of weeks. My spirit is anticipating I wish I could tell you, all I can tell you is it's going to be kingdom. I don't know what that looks like yet. All I know is the kingdom of God is getting ready to be unleashed through us into our communities. And uh, we need it. We need thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And I don't know what all that's going to look like, but all I know is it's going to be kingdom. And when it's kingdom, that's where he is. That's where I want to be. Amen. Praise God. So if Elena will put up the old one first. Certainly. Those were the first. Oh, we've got four more. Yeah. Yeah, it's three more after this week. So we had sacrifice is this week. You like that, don't you? Sacrifice. We've preached on surrendering, submitting, seeing, hearing, being salt last week. And then sacrifice this week, and we've got three more. And I know that there's more than one of you that are in here trying to figure out what the rest of the S's are. I got an email from somebody letting me know they're trying to figure out which S word we're going to preach on the next week. But uh, sacrifice today. And uh, before we get into the message, we're going to turn to Mark chapter 12 here in a second. But before we get into the message, I've got to do this now because there's no telling what's getting ready to happen in a few minutes. But great people are born in August. <laughs> See, I got an email on Randy at least. Great people are born in August. There's something about August. Dr. Brassfield's birthday was a couple of days ago in August. Randy's birthday was a couple days ago in August. My birthday was a couple days ago. Angel Wiseman Anderson, who is uh, Pastor Anderson's wife, was born in August. Is a great, and this week is especially a great week because somebody is turning 70 years old. Yeah. 
and so his family has brought some cake and things for us to enjoy afterwards in celebration early of his birthday, and I can already tell he's a little bit surprised by the look on his face, but we honor you, Dave, we're thankful for you, and uh, so glad that you were born in August. Praise God. So everybody stay and have some food and fellowship. We're getting sweetened up. Mark chapter 12, verse number 29. And Jesus answered him. He's answering the question of what's the first commandment. Jesus answers him. The first of all the commandments is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt. Everybody say shout. I like that. That's one of the King James Version words I like. Shout. It's, it's not an option. If you're going to keep the first commandment, if you're going to have a relationship with God, you've got to do this. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. I want to read one other scripture before we get into this about sacrifice. It's hopefully a familiar portion of scripture. We've used it a couple of times. But Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I believe that the Lord wants us to be people of sacrifice. I believe that if we could ever get some of these principles that we've been preaching down and, and make it second nature, if you will, lives would be transformed beginning with our own. And I believe that sacrifice is huge. And so my question to you today and the title of my message is simply this. Are you all in? Are you all in? Now, usually, and, and I heard it when the word sacrifice originally came up on the screen, there was even some groans that I heard in the sanctuary. And uh, like, oh no, he's going to step on my toes again. And, and I might just a little bit. But there's something about sacrifice that God loves. Now, the Bible says in, I think it's 2 Samuel, maybe it's 1 Samuel, that to obey is, to, is better than to sacrifice. Well, that's because obedience is responding to what God is doing. That's why it's better than sacrifice. Sacrifice has to come from us to Him. Okay? That's why the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice because in obedience, God initiates what you're doing and you're responding to what He's doing. That's always going to be better. When, when he initiates something, it's always going to, to be twice up to a hundredfold even better than what we can ever do. But sacrifice is from all through scripture. There's like 170 verses that reference, or 80 verses that reference the concept of sacrifice. In fact, the whole Old Testament tabernacle plan and the temple plan all circulated around sacrifice from us to him. And if we ever get the spirit of the one who sacrifices, we will catch the spirit of the Lord because the Bible says this, greater love has no man than this, but a man would lay down his life for his friend. 
the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus paid for us on Calvary gives us the opportunity to dwell here today and to experience the anointed power of God in our presence because of the sacrifice that he gave on the tree. And you and I are in this place today and gathered together today simply because a man by the name of Jesus was willing to sacrifice and lay down his life for you and I. And the Bible says for friends, but uh, the book of Galatians says it, 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 he went even beyond friends because while we were yet sinners, he died for us. While we were outcasts, he died for us. While we were good for nothing, he died for us. While we were living an evil, dis disgusting type of life, he died for us. That's how much love he has for us. And oftentimes we don't recognize the love of God in us, but through the Holy Ghost and what we feel here today, you're getting a little bit of sense of the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. When God decides to love you, you're going to know it. And oftentimes it's easy for you and I to receive, if you will, the love from God. But sometimes it's harder for us to turn that around and return the love to him. Because if there is anybody that is laser focused in this world, it's God Almighty. And that's not us. We're distracted. Some of you have already been distracted since I started preaching. We are people of distraction. And what the Lord has sent me to tell somebody is today is the day where your focus comes back in because you become willing to sacrifice. You become willing to do that which doesn't feel well at the time, but in the long run it makes you better. You know, I wish that God would only give us cookies and ice cream and we'd be whole and healthy and strong, but that's not how the body is designed. The body is designed where you need certain kinds of nutrients and, and all of us remember, well, I was going to say when we were kids, but some of you are still adults, when the green beans got on the plate or the peas got on the plate, you didn't want to eat them. But they are good for us. They build up. Sometimes our sacrifice is not about the feeling of goodness. It's the feeling of that which will help us. Somebody's got to hear me today. When, when Jesus told the, the, this man that the first commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, it was an all-encompassing challenge. It was He was saying simply this. If you're really going to love God, you've got to be all in. You can't just be partially in. You can't love him just with your heart and not with your soul. You can't love him with your heart and soul but not your strength. It's got to be all or nothing. Because if it's nothing or if it's trying to be something, it becomes nothing. It's all in. It's all in. Now see, some of us, when we hear the word sacrifice... We think of an altar, some flame, and some death, some giving up of some things. Can I tell you that that's all true? But that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about Romans chapter 12. 
You see, there is a term, two words that are tied together that seem to contradict one another. But notice what Paul says. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living, living sacrifice. sacrifice. Now, if sacrifice is about death, then it can't be a living death. Paul's got to mean something different here when he says, I want you to present yourself a living sacrifice. It's one thing to go and say, okay, God, here's my job. I lay it on the altar. It's one thing to go and say, okay, God, here's my family. I lay it on the altar. Here's my home. Here's my hobby. Whatever it is, all of those things. It's one thing to do that and put it on the altar. And the whole time you're putting it on the altar, you're doing what you think you've heard over the years through the story of Abraham. And you're thinking, okay, God, here I am. I'm going to put my job on the altar. But before you kill it, just make the provision. It's really not about sacrificing it. It's about putting it on the altar so that you can get God's ram. See, see, some of us live for God in order to get from God. And in order to step into the dimension that God is calling us into, it has to stop being about what we can get and about what we can give. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. It's not about what you get. It's not what you can accumulate. It's what you can give away. So when, when Paul says, I want you to present yourself as a living sacrifice. He's not saying, I just want you to give this up and this up and this up. He's saying, I want everything. I want you to present yourself all in. God, whatever you have for me, that's what I want to be. Whatever you want me to do, that's what I want you to do. Whatever you want me to give, that's what I want you to give. All in. See, I think God likes it when we give him our things. But I think he likes it a lot better when we give him ourselves. You see, there's too many people that are trying to live for God with an extended hand instead of living for God with a tightened embrace. God, I'll do it as long as it doesn't affect me. I'll pray a little bit longer as long as you don't change me. God, I'll do it as long as I don't have to give this up or give that up. Listen, anytime God ever asks you to give something up, the majority of the time, it's because it's blocking something that he's wanting you to get. And when Jesus steps into your life and you're willing to say, I'm going to love you with my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, that encompasses everything. The heart is the seat of life. It's the organ that pumps. And in, in that scripture there, it's the Greek word cardia. It's the thing that pumps all of the oxygen to the body. That's, what, that's how much I have to love him. With your soul, that's where your mind, will, and emotions rest. That's where 
your decision-making process. That's the thing that doesn't die. It, it, with, your soul, with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, your mind is your understanding. Your mind is how you perceive things and, and process things and how you think about things. And then your strength is what you can do. And so God is saying to us today, if you'll just love me with everything that's about you, all your strength, the way you think, the way you perceive, the way you live, all your decision-making process. See, my message isn't new. The proverb said it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways. The word all is one of the best translated words in Hebrew or Greek. There's not too many variations. It just means everything. See, here's the problem. And I need to have some help today. Travis, can you come and help me? I don't know where I can grab that. But let's keep this off the platform. And then because I usually have Travis play a bad guy in all of my <laughs> all of my examples, he's gonna play God today. <laughs> Just set this over here because I need to get you up on the platform right here. Because you need to see what I'm talking about here. Perfect. All right. I've used this analogy before, but not in, in, in this mindset. Take a step back. Okay. He's God. Okay. Devin, come here. You're a hard worker. You're going to be job. Okay, come over here. Stay right up here. And just put your hand on your shoulder. Got it? DJ, come up here. Just put your hand on that shoulder. DJ represents family. Jason, come here. Go stand on the back of, of, of God and put your hand on his shoulder. He represents career. Okay? So, so we've got a job, which is different from a career. A job is just, I have a job right now. My career is the ministry. Okay? It's a job. It's a career. It's family. Okay? Um, uh, let's see. Um, Dennis, you look rich. Come here. <laughs> You stand in the front of Travis, put your hand on his shoulder. He represents finance. Randy, come on up for a second. Put your hand on the other side of, of Travis, and he represents hobbies and activities and, and goals and ambitions of life. Okay, so here's what happens. If everybody is standing like this and God is in the center, start spinning around. Well, you guys better follow him. He's trying to spin. Okay, but I want you to notice something. As God turns around, now take three steps forward, Travis. Notice what's happening. If they are connected to God in the center, the family, the job, the career, the hobbies, the family, all of those, the finances, all of those go wherever God is at. Okay? But here's what we do too often. We take Jason here in his career. He steps into the front and God steps back here. And now all of a sudden, everybody's shoulders go to Jason. Everybody's shoulder, hands go to Jason on the shoulders. You, you can't look like going down here, son. <laughs> <laughs> so now look what happens. God is just another spoke, just like job, and just like family, and just like hobby, and just like finance. And now the career is in the middle. So now the career turnaround. 
Start spinning, Jason. Now see what happens? Now we're going and we're doing whatever our career is dictating because that's the central point because we sold out to our career and now God is just along for the ride. And everything is just following that which is in the center. But here's the thing. Here's finance. Here's my broken down vehicle. And finance has to figure out how to fix the car. My God. But the, the, the financial aspect of our life is not connected to God anymore. It's connected to career. So what ends up happening is as the car is broken down, the finance is saying, I've got to get the money to fix it and the way to fix it because the career is the center. I've got to work 10 more hours a day. And because I work 10 more hours a day, then what ends up happening is it's a disconnect between our hobbies, and now the hobbies are disconnected between the career, and now we don't have time. And what begins to happen is our lives begin to fall apart because now this career has become so important because of the broken down car through the finance that it disconnects from the family. And now you're living a life with a flat tire. And you're wondering which way is up and which way is down and which way is around. And you're thinking, what in the world is going on? And then what we do is we don't blame ourselves. We say, well, God, where are you? And God hasn't, has not left. He's still there. It's just that we have taken him and we've made him just another spoke of the wheel. Here's what sacrifice is. Sacrifice is saying, I've got to step my career back, and I've got to place God in the center. And as I place God, now look at what happens. Broken down car, mean finance, go to God. Has a hobby. There's nothing wrong with hobbies. There's nothing wrong with boating and fishing and hunting and golfing and doing all those things. But if they're attached to God, it's connected to God. And then back here, your family. You have an issue with your family. Your kids don't like you. Your spouse doesn't like you. You're in a fight. You're doing all this. Listen, whatever's in the center is what's going to connect your family and your marriage and all those things. So if my family's out of order, but it's connected to God, I have straight access to God. I don't have to fight through my career. I don't have to fight through my job. I don't have to fight through my finance to get the answer to what I need. It's all right smack dab in the middle of God. In Jesus' name. But here's the thing. Sometimes where God goes, we don't like. Now, I'm going to date myself a little bit. But how many remember Stretch Armstrong? Now, I'm not going to ask Dennis to stretch like Stretch Armstrong. But can you just use your imagination? As God starts walking this way, oh, I need to give my tithe. I need to give my offering. I need to give a special gift. I need to pay for this. I need, and finance is going, mm -hmm. stretch it way back. But you want to know what? It will stretch and stretch and stretch. But as long as God's in the middle, it won't break. It will challenge you. 
It will twist you inside out sometimes because God's going to ask you to do things that aren't comfortable. God's going to ask you to do things that aren't normal. But he's never going to allow it to break if he's still in the center. So eventually what ends up happening is if you stay connected to God, just like old Stretch, it'll snap back. Here's the thing. If God's not in the middle, your job may not snap you back. As you stretch, you may totally break down because of the hours you're working. Your health is going to suffer. Because now you're in an uncomfortable position and God's trying to pull you one way and your family's trying to pull you another and your finances trying to pull you another. And I know you know what I'm talking about because we're all dealing with it right now. But if you sacrifice by offering yourself a living sacrifice, which simply means this, I'm all in God, so my finances are connected to you, my job is connected to you, my career is connected to you, my family is connected to you, my hunting, fishing, golfing is connected to you, all of it becomes a hub around him. And so then whenever you go, so all of a sudden, you walk into your job tomorrow, and you're following after God, and boss takes you off, or co-worker talks down to you, or criticizes you, your, your job isn't your center. God's your center, so all you've got to do is this. I'm connected to him. I'm part of him. I've gone all in with him. I've turned it all over to him. Boss, you can say what you want to say about me. You can talk me down. You can criticize me. But I'm connected to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and I am his child. Finances, you may be a little tight right now, but I'm connected to God. I'm partnered with him, and he owns the cattle on a thousand hill, hills, and the earth is his, and the fullness thereof. It may be a temporary setback, but God's going to restore my finances. Your family may be against you, but you can just look and say, I'm not connected with my family in the front, in the center. I am connected to God. Can I tell you how that manifests itself? I know people like this. I've been like this before. Where your family dictates your life. And you're running from this activity to this activity to this activity because you've got kids in each one of those activities. What you're really doing is you're moving God out and you're stepping your family in. Here's the problem. I don't know about you, but I don't always get along with my family. <laughs> and the problem is, if I just keep following my family and what I think is best for my family, okay, I'm aging myself again, but there was a day when the city and the community and the schools did not mess with Sundays or Wednesdays because it was a church day and a church night. I don't ever remember missing a church service for a hockey practice. But it's happening all the time now. The, the, the communities, the, 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 the athletics, the kids events, school things, I got so ticked off because my son was graduating and they have it on a Sunday. And I know that part of it is just because they need to find a place. But can I tell you, when back in the day, they would have never thought of using a Sunday to graduate somebody from high school. 
What's happened? I'll tell you what's happened. Families have supposedly taken up the center stage and replaced God. But here's what happens. If you turn it around and bring God back to the center and the family goes out, then all of a sudden, here's what begins to take place. I love this woman dearly, but she knows beyond the shadow of a doubt, God comes first. But if God comes first and she's holding my hand, where do you think she's going? She's going the path of the Lord. I love my boys. They're both getting to the age where they're having to start making decisions on their own. But as long as they are connected to me, as long as something else isn't in the middle, they may kind of pull away. They may try to do their independent thing, but they know what I'm connected to. And if I'm connected to him, he's connected to them. Here's what I'm saying. If we're going to become what God is asking us to become in the next uh, dimension that he has for us, this is the picture we've got to have. God has got to be the center. We've got to present ourselves as living sacrifices. We've got to be all in. One last thing before they're seated. Let me ask you an intellectual question. Don't answer it with your emotions. Answer it with wisdom. Which way would you rather have it? This way or if God was just a spoke? Intellectually, we know that this is the way it should be. Emotionally, emotionally, I can't, I can't be salt today because I got to go fishing. Can I just tell you? If God's not the center, I've already prayed this for all you hunters and fishers and golfers, whatever other hobbies out there. Until God's your center, I hope you don't catch a thing. <laughs> and I hope you're 25 over par. <laughs> because as your pastor, I could care less whether you shoot an eagle, a birdie, a par, or a double. And half of you don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't care whether or not you give me an ultimate fish fry or you bring me a freezer full of venison. I'll take it, but I'd rather have him in the center of your life. You devoted to him. You connected to him. Because here's what happens when you're connected to him. When you're connected to him, he'll step out in the middle of the storm and he'll say, cast your net on the other side of the boat. And when you cast your net on the other side of the boat, you're going to get so much fish you don't know what to do with. God, I'm all in. Thank you, gentlemen. Listen. There is something that's happening in the spirit world. I'm telling you. I know it not only because of what's happened this weekend to this church and this building, but can I just tell you, I've watched it in your faces over the last month and a half. I've listened to the conversation. 
There's an excitement that's there. There's something that is, it is pulsating inside of this church that's getting ready to explode. A fuse has been lit and the fuse is burning and we're getting ready to have the explosion of the spirit. But here's the problem. You can't have the explosion of the spirit if God's not at your center because all of a sudden everything else blows up and you don't know who to turn to. There is a principle. I preached this a few years ago. Some of you might remember it. I brought the chair up here. Yeah. And I said the chair, the immovable truth that does not change, that does not alter, but we move around it. It doesn't change. And so we get out here and we, we, we look and we're wondering, well, God, why are you allowing this to happen in the world and this to happen in the world, this to happen in our schools, and this to happen in the politics? Why is everything seemingly falling apart? It's because we've wandered away from the chair. He has not changed. He is still the same. We've gotten consumed with the spokes of our life. And when we get consumed with the spokes of our life, the spokes will always take us further away than the hub of who we are. How do I know this? I know this. Because when we were kids, we always put things on the spokes of our bikes to make noise. And you can set those noisemakers as close to the center of the tire as you want. But when the tire starts moving, those things that, whatever, beads or whatever we put on there to make noise, as the tire begins to move, all those things always move to the outside. We are in a whirlwind. Times are moving fast. And if we do not have God in his kingdom and we're holding it as the core of who we are, the faster we spin, the harder we're going to get pushed away. And God is calling somebody, come on home. Come back to me. I invite you to stand. You see, here's the thing. God will take you where he wants to take you. And it's not always the gentle place, the calm place. You've heard me say it before, sometimes your faith will lead you into arenas that you never dreamed you'd walk. Or into troubles that you never thought you'd walk in. And God will lead you to places that are rough. But your suspension is not tied to the spokes of your wheel. Your suspension is tied to the axle of your wheel. So as you go over the bumps, I, I know it gives you a little bit of cushion, but that which is connected to the rest of the car and, and it's attached to it gives you the nice ride. 
Some of you are dealing with frustrations. And the reason why you are frustrated is because God is trying to move this way. But because God has not been your center, it's stretching you and fighting all of the things. And you're looking to see because all of a sudden it's your job, it's your kids, it's your grandkids, it's whatever it is has become the most important thing. And you have been coming disconnected and stretched away from God. Can I tell you what will settle it? Is if you'll just say, God, here I am today. I give you all. Help me in my unbelief. Help me become more like you. Help me stay connected to you. And my promise to you as a preacher of the gospel is that if God is in your center, everything else is going to take care of itself. It's going to be blessed. It's going to be honored. Because when Jesus is the center of everything, you will drive your vehicle smoothly. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Here's what I want us to do. If you're here today, and maybe you have been all in and Jesus is the center, then I want you just to reaffirm that with him. But if you're here today and you've kind of strayed a little bit, you've placed something in front of God and his kingdom and he's become just another, you, you have, don't love him any really any less, but you've just misplaced him on the wheel of life and you've kind of pushed him to the outside and allowed something to creep into the center of your life. I, I want to challenge you to step out, of the, out into the aisle and come to the front and raise your hands and just say, God, I'm all in. I give you my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. I give you my family, my finance, my career. I give you all of my hobbies, all of my directions, all of my plans, all of my agendas. Lord, I give you my children and my grandchildren. I give you my spouse. Lord, I place it all attached to you. I want you to be the center. I want you to be the core. I want you to be my hub. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to say what you want me to say. I want to be what you want me to be. I want everything to circle around you. I want to love you with my whole heart, my whole soul, all of my mind and all of my strength. I want to give it to you. I want to be a living sacrifice. Would you reach out to him now? Begin to pray one for another. There's hands raised all over this place. Begin to support one another in love and in mercy. Jesus in your name. Yes, yes, yes. Honor it now, God. Honor it now, God. Loose the anointing now, God. Let there be a lightning bolt of your spirit now, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let it be so, let it be so, let it be so. Right now, God, flood their souls right now. Let them experience more what it means when you're right in the center of everything. Right in the center of relationship. Right in the center of job. Right in the center of mercy and grace and peace. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Oh, yeah. If you feel like you need to cry, cry. If you need to sing, sing. If you need to speak, speak. Do whatever you need to do in the presence of God right now. 
Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. encourage you this week 
What I didn't tell you at the beginning of our message, because I didn't want you to freak out, but I want us to kick off a month of fasting. We have four weeks until super comes. We'll make it real easy this week. You fast something that you need to fast. Whether it be food, whether it be entertainment, whether it be whatever. Between you and God, offer something up starting at midnight tonight until next week's service. And if we will pray and fast and seek to put God back in the center. Go in for realignment and get everything put into place and just see what God will do. In Jesus' name. I love you all so dearly. Be blessed and highly favored. Walk in the power and almighty anointing of God. Don't shy away from the enemy. Don't let him bug you this week. Just kick him in the teeth. Just let him know that God's boss and you're on his team. In Jesus' name. Don't forget to stick around for a few minutes and wish Dave a great happy birthday. Just one last time, can we just raise our hands and seal this day in worship? Jesus, we thankful for everything you've done. We're thankful for your mighty blessings. Thank you for this time together. Bless each one, I pray. Let your angels go before and behind. Let the anointing power of God rest upon and let you be at the center of it all. Lord, we present ourselves this week as living sacrifices, day in and day out. We want to make you the center of our life. In the mighty name of Jesus, we love you and praise you. Amen. God bless you. Don't forget to park on the street this week for ladies' prayer and chain breakers and Grace College. In Jesus' name, the cattle. We love you all. Have a great, great week.